0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Vikings Now, your immediate reaction to the action. And the Vikings Now are 0-3. Hi, everybody. I'm Jim Rich. Ahmad Hicks joins us. Pierre Nujem. And well, 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 boys, uh, we are sitting in a spot nobody envisioned when the schedule came out. Maybe Um, some. Maybe some. I don't know. I mean, the Tampa game and this one. Looked like winnable games when you looked at it on paper. Mm -hmm. Uh, Week two, no, you weren't too encouraged about going into Philadelphia, a night game, their season opener, and the history that the Vikings have had going into Philly. But this one today, another one where you can say the mirror beat them because they can look at themselves and say, yeah, this is on us.
1: I think after three weeks of the season, the Vikings can look in the mirror and say no one has beaten them but themselves. It's the same <laughs> yes. thing that Justin Jefferson said following the game. He's like, we continue to shoot ourselves in the foot. We continue to beat ourselves. And I'm just saying I don't think anyone outside of Philadelphia has coming in and just beaten them and just been – like even Philadelphia for that matter – where you could just say, man, it's lopsided game. You know, they shouldn't have won that game. I think the Vikings should be 3-0, and but they're 0-3 because they can't take care of the football, and they can't execute, and they can't do little things right. It's like relationships, Pierre. You know, <laughs> successful relationships only last when you do the little things right, and they are not doing that right I now. wouldn't know. I wouldn't,
2: you know. I wouldn't know anything about that. What I, w- what I do know is, yeah, I would agree that the Vikings are beating themselves at – You know, in a lot of situational football, you know, like we saw today, the last play of the game, instead of clocking the ball when you know you have no timeouts to give yourself at least another play, they could have possibly had three plays Mm -hmm. um, if they would have clocked the ball at the end of the game there. But situational football is not working, pass defense doesn't look very good either. And Keenan Allen had a record day today Mm -hmm. 18 catches for Keenan Allen. That's a franchise record. For the L.A. Chargers. I, I don't even know why I call them the L.A. Chargers. They'll always be San Diego to me. <laughs> America's <laughs> finest city. Um, so
1: 215 yards.
2: I just don't think – like. i I'm, I'm going to say the same thing I said last week. I grossly overestimated where I thought this team would be by this point of the season. I thought this team would still be a team that would compete for the division. I just don't think this team is any good. I, I don't think this team is any good. I don't really see any reason for, reason for optimism. I don't think the season is over by like a lot of people think it is already. I don't think the season is over by any means, especially with the division that you're playing in. Mm-hmm. But uh, I just don't think this team is any good.
1: I and think if uh, there's, yeah, if there's any it. optimism to find, it's the NFC North. And the fact that Justin yes, Fields and the Bears it's... look horrendous. Uh, Jordan Love, I mean, the Packers, they're up and down. Little barely inconsistent. escaped today. You Barely know, escaped today. The Lions, you yeah. know, they, they got out. Uh, well, they, they beat Atlanta. But, you know, they still don't look amazing on paper and on television uh, and on film. So, I mean – There's optimism there, but if you're looking at the Vikings team and you're just assessing them based on what we saw with our own two eyes or six eyes in this case, I don't have a lot of optimism for this team.
0: No, because I look at the defense. I think that's where the red flag is. Brian Flores, everybody was like, oh, this is crazy. They blitzed 51% of the time in the first two weeks of the season. Only got home 5% of the time. (laughs) Right. And I'm saying you can – Use all the smoke and mirrors, but these are NFL teams. They're NFL coaches you're going against. They know all these tricks. Yes, you could maybe confuse them once in a while with a look or confuse an opposing quarterback, but you have to put results on the table. Mm -hmm. And the run defense coming into this week, they were the worst in the NFL after Philadelphia just ran all day. Now, after the Chargers decided, well, you know what, let's go to the air. Uh, The Vikings now have the worst pass defense in the entire National Football League. So, I don't know what you do about that. You can have the superstar numbers with Jefferson and Cousins. We could debate whether he's a big-time quarterback or not, but he's putting up big-time numbers. Yet, this defense is not any better than a year ago. I want
1: to hear Pierre go first.
2: Well, I've been... All day long today, I, I, I know how fans think, and they want somebody to point the finger at, and that's just the, the nature of the way fans think and what they try to co- how they try to cope with their team being at an 0 and3 deficit. And if I had to get in this, inside the, the mind of a Vikings fan, which is one of the last places I would want to be, uh, <laughs> especially I, today. Yeah, and I, I, I have always maintained whenever there is a new regime in town, you have to give them three full years, I think, to fairly evaluate the process. I'm not I, I'm not giving a complete grade to the new regime just yet because I, I still don't think it's fair. But in my opinion, Coisi Adolfo Mensa has a lot to answer for. Hmm. A lot to answer for. And if we're gonna if we're gonna hang an L on this team already, I think he has to be the man to wear it. Because the interior of the offensive line continues to be a mess. You decide not to bring back Dalvin Cook and go cheap at the running back position. How's that working out for you? You've, involved, you've invested high-quality draft picks in Lewisine, Andrew Booth Jr., Makai Blackman, Jay Ward. You've tried to address the secondary as best you can, and the secondary is not getting the job done. These are still young players with a lot of road ahead of them. Their grades are not complete in my book by any means. But the results right now, from what I've seen in terms of – again, the Josh Oliver signing to me, the guy is a great blocking player force of a tight end he caught a touchdown pass today yeah okay fine I'm not taking anything away from him the allocation of funds to Josh Oliver made no sense to me whatsoever in the offseason ding, ding, ding. so tell me why I should be excited about the road ahead that Kwesi has planned for this team when the return on investment Doesn't either doesn't seem to be worth it or it's misallocated, a la Josh Oliver, in my opinion. So, by the time year two ends, I don't know where the Vikings are going to be, but you better believe I'm going to be paying attention to what Kweisi adolfo Mensa does in the offseason because right now, it's not getting it done.
1: No, it's not getting it done. And that's just putting them out, you know. Everyone knew this past offseason. I feel like we said this in the trailer, episode one, episode two, episode three. (laughs) But everyone knew heading into the offseason the offensive line was a problem. Kirk Cousins was one of the most sacked quarterbacks last year. And as Pierre said, I don't understand. Well look, I can kinda get it like all right, Josh Oliver, he's, you know, an extension of the left or right tackle. He's really physical. He can block. All right, cool. But like what about the interior? What about the center of the yeah, two guards? I get well, we brought Dalton Reisner yeah, you in. You know what Oliver
0: is in my mind? He's an accessory. It's like you have a 98 Saturn and you put rims on it. It doesn't really get the job done. You need an engine. You need something inside I to think, get it I done. I think
1: what that signing was, and speaking to one Vikings player kind of off the record, their idea was we're going to mix in more outside zones this year. Uh, they want to run to the outside because they knew the interior of the offensive line was kind of weak. They knew that if an injury happened like a Garrett Bradbury in game one, it was going to be tough sledding for this offensive line. Yeah, but so
0: he think, had his problems anyway. I
1: understand right? that, he but was, I think they didn't I think that's w- why they pick him up his fifth-year option.
0: Yeah. They knew that,
1: yeah, he's kind of shaky, but they didn't find anything else out there. So they said, hey, come on back. I wouldn't say you can't find anything else out well, there. Well, I mean, they didn't anything.
0: see anything that they liked.
1: That's or, part, or that's or part of what that's part which, uh, Pierre just said. That's on Quaysey and his offseason signing. Signing, you know, Garrett Bradbury to three years, eighteen million dollars, and he was. Bottom 16 in the league in centers last year. But like I said, I think the only reason they brought in Josh Oliver was to kind of extend that offensive line, but it's not worked. And so that's why they went and got Dalton Reisner because they know they needed some 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 help right away. Uh, unfortunately, Dalton couldn't play this week. He couldn't grasp the playbook uh, in that short of a time period. But I do think that he will help them moving oh, forward. Oh, yeah. uh, seems like he'll it. will be a tremendous fit.
0: Uh, seems like he team. should
1: have been here in training camp. Yeah. When but, he was here the he, first time. He was invited the first time, yeah. But as he said, he was still recovering from an injury that he sustained this offseason. And so the Vikings weren't comfortable signing him. He also thought he was worth a significant amount of money. And other teams thought he was down here so he kind of had to wait and you know with the injuries to the Vikings offensive line the writing was on the wall it's match made in heaven like all right guys let's let's pull the trigger <laughs> let's get this done now so as you said three weeks too late um but I think it's also a good sign of what's to come for this offensive line
2: I'm laughing because Jim is the owner of a 98 Saturn <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I have yet to see a rim uh, <laughs> new rims on that thing but if he does I'm gonna fall out that'll laughing. be the day yeah that'll be the day <laughs> we'll uh, see it one one thing in, in terms and of it, it won't increase in, the value no well no I, it I, won't I, I've, I've, I've driven in that car with you before I know what that car is capable of. Um, the extension of what we were talking about just a moment ago too with the running back position, listen, Alexander Madison, I, I don't know I don't know what to do with Alexander Madison at this point because today he fumbled the ball twice, twice. and got saved twice. He was saved in a game last week against Philadelphia as well. If you've any of you watching have ever seen the movie Friday Night Lights, you know, Don Billingsley, they're running back had a hard time holding mm. on to the ball so much so that his own father yep. woke up in the middle of the night in a drunken stupor to tape his hands with yep. duct tape just so he can hold on to the ball. Mm-hmm. And I'm on the doorstep of doing that with Alexander <laughs> Madison at this point,
0: the drunken stupor or the duct tape.
2: Well, we'll, we'll leave at, le- at least the duct tape part. We'll, we'll go with that for right now. But at the same time, too. You know, you bring in Cam Akers, and and this is another thing that I don't buy with this franchise. All week long, you hear quotes from the coaching staff saying, this doesn't change anything with Alexander Madison. Oh, really? It doesn't? Why wouldn't it? You brought in another running back, so why wouldn't his role be any different? You're trying to tell me that you just brought in Cam Akers just for the sake of bringing in Cam Akers, and Alexander Madison's role is not going to change? I like Alexander Madison a lot. I think he's got so much talent. I don't know what has happened to him in these first three games. I don't know if the pressure of being RB1 is too much for him. I don't know if he's just not seeing the field right. I don't know if the interior of the line is just not opening lanes for him. But he's having a hard time holding on to the ball. We're going to get a chance to see what Cam Akers can do next week. You better believe that. Because even though it doesn't go down in the book as two lost fumbles, he he fumbled the ball twice today. Again.
1: He did. Again. He did. And when you look at the stats, 20 carries, 93 yards. So, games one and two, I think he had, what, 18, 19 carries for uh, 63 yards. I think he had a combined 68 or 69 yards. Yeah, it was was like under 70 That was the
0: whole offense. Rushing the ball was 69 (laughs) yards total.
1: So, I think my thing with Madison, there's two things. All right. One, the offensive line is really bad. Had – been really bad, and it's really hard for a running back to flourish in this National Football League when you don't have a good offensive line.
0: Just to add to your case, the Vikings' running backs were hit the soonest after getting the handoff. And
1: and every time you watch a game, everybody at home knows what we're talking about. It's hard to make a man miss in the backfield as soon as you get the (laughs) football. And and, then you got to go make ten other guys miss. So, look, part of that is on the offensive line. The other part is on Madison, because as Pierre alluded to, you got to be able to find the holes. You got to be able to hit the holes and you got to be able to break free eventually. Today we saw flashes of that. But I want to nitpick Alexander Madison. We're talking about one of those final two drives that the Vikings had within their own 10 yard line with the chance to score. I think they were on the two yard line. Madison got the ball and he leaves his feet for whatever reason, leans forward and he falls on the one. And it's like, bro, you're an NFL running back. Bow up. You run hard at the goal line, that's what you said before. When you when you get around the goal line, you smell blood. That's what he said before. And in that moment, you wanted him to smell blood. You wanted him to get into the paint, go celebrate with his teammates. But he leaves his feet, he falls just short, and then the Vikings end up turning the ball over. You have to think, if they got a running back like Dalvin Cook or somebody else, He may be able to get in there. So I'm not knocking Madison, but he hasn't performed. He hasn't lived up to the expectations, and now it's only right that the Vikings give Cam Akers a shot because this is a guy who has a lot of skill, a lot more speed, a lot of burst, but he also was a guy who couldn't piece it all together with the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't
2: think he's all that – when it comes to a talent, from a talent perspective, I don't think there's a lot of drop-off between one and the other. Right. Um, so that that's the thing. Even though Cam Akers is going to see some time, in all likelihood, next week against Carolina, uh, how much difference is it going to make? That I don't really know the answer to just yet because I don't know if Cam Akers – and then this is the other thing too. Cam Akers, when he, when Kevin O'Connell was in L.A. with Cam Akers, I mean, Cam Akers had, fla- again, flashes, looked good. But we've seen how the Sean McVay coaching tree treats – Running backs.
1: Yes. One week, yes.
2: you're 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 the you know talk of the town. Mm-hmm. The next week, you're getting traded.
1: Outside of Ty Gurley, I have not seen any running back in any of McVay's offenses or the guys who were under his coaching tree use a running back like they did Gurley back in right. the day.
2: Right. So so why why should I have any confidence that Cam Akers is going to step in and do any better? I I know that he's probably going to be on the active roster come next week. I don't see why he wouldn't be on the active roster come next week. But
1: you're right. It's the same offense. He'll be off. I mean, this says a lot about Coach O'Connell because we blame a lot about the running backs. Everyone wants to point a finger at the running game. But the fact is, Kirk is averaging over like 35, 40 pass attempts in the first three games. That's a ton. That's a a ton of (laughs) passing attempts when you don't have an offensive line to protect your quarterback. So I think Kevin O'Connell's play calling was also horrendous uh, when you talk about the game versus the Chargers, especially that first possession um, in the fourth quarter with the chance to win where they end up turning over on downs I think one of the first plays when you had the ball on the one-yard line or just inside the one-yard line The no-brainer there: quarterback sneak go get the points Vikings go up three Everybody's happy, but instead we turn it around with the bad offensive line interior And we turn it around and hand it off to to Alexander Madison who gets stuffed for a three-yard loss And now it's like all right negative plays here to begin the drive. Right, They just
0: saw the Eagles do the quarterback sneak to perfection get everybody in there and just carry them over the
1: line. head coach Kevin O'Connell's kind of said after the game he made an excuse about it I'll be blunt he made an excuse he's like look we kind of saved that play if it's fourth down you know and the quarterback can just kind of reach it over the pylon and we we love the play call that we had we believed it and then we asked Kirk like hey why didn't you just go quarterback sneak it and he said look if you watched that Netflix documentary last year quarterback you saw I called my own quarterback sneak in Buffalo and I didn't get it he was like yeah he's like so that you know there's consequences when you call your own play and you don't succeed so he said he didn't want to fall victim to you know or in that habit of calling his own number he wanted to do what kevin o'connell called which was a run play to madison resulted in you know loss of yards then they turned the ball over on that drive
0: yeah and then you know with cousins and the end of game clock management uh zimmer always got ripped for his clock management and how he ran the offense late in games and unaware of where the time was burning away Well, we saw a situation of that today. It went from 41 seconds down to 12 Mm -hmm. before they were able to get that snap off on first and goal, which means, as everybody can say, you don't like what you see. Just throw it into the ground and reset. But I don't know if O'Connell thought, well, he saw personnel that the Chargers had on the field, and so they thought they could take advantage of that. No, no,
1: no, we're not even going to start the excuses or hypotheticals. What they said after the game was, miscommunication he was trying to signal signal a play into Kirk Cousins I guess the crowd noise was too loud there was some you could see him on tv he's He's like you know crowd noise was too loud they said his his intercom was I guess going in and out Kirk said though eventually when it was all said and done once they finally got to the line of scrimmage he ran the play that Kevin O'Connell would have called so we can make all the excuses we want about time management and whatnot but he still called that play Kirk probably still would have made that throw who knows and the game probably I won't say would have came out that way, but there's a chance that it would have ended that way. But you would like to see NFL players and NFL coaches not waste 25 seconds when you're down and you need to score. And like you said, it's first down. So – Another yeah. tough night for I'm,
2: I'm head I'm shaking my head because it doesn't, like, you know, I, I know that we heard all along, we could the, like Ahmad was saying, miscommunication, they couldn't hear the call. and they said, That doesn't matter. That's irrelevant. Mm-hmm. You know what that proves to me? That proves to me you had a complete lack of awareness of the situation because you shouldn't even be listening for a play at that point. You're under a minute to go with no timeouts left. You just got yourself a first down inside the five, run up to the line, and spike the ball immediately. You right. run this drill in practice constantly. Why on earth would you let the clock run at any point why are you even looking at the sideline or trying to listen for a play be aware of the situation that showed a complete lack of awareness in the situation Mm -hmm. that's what it showed me I don't care about miscommunication that's all irrelevant at this point because that just that just tries to take pay no attention to the man behind the curtain that's what it is because we absolutely blew the situation and didn't recognize that we had under a minute to go the clock is running we have no timeouts you forgot about the situation. Right. It wasn't
0: it. fourth down. No. I mean, it wasn't like you had to run this play. This was our only opportunity. Right. You had multiple opportunities right. to go if you clocked it at 39 seconds.
2: Correct. Exactly right. You clock it at around 38, 39 seconds. That gives you chances for three plays. Mm-hmm. No doubt about it. Because you're not going to run the ball. Lord knows you're not <laughs> going to run the ball. So you're going to throw it on three consecutive tries. And, and get yourself settled. Get yourself settled. Reset. Give yourself 40 extra seconds on the play clock to then maybe hear the play call and not be in a frantic, uh, you know, fra- frantic. And Fire pace. drill. Yeah, it, it just, the end of the game execution there just made no sense to me. And and it, it annoys me even further because Brandon Staley, the head coach of the LA Chargers, absolutely
1: serves <laughs> yes. it to Handed you on game.
2: a silver platter. Yes, Brandon Staley should be lambasted for that decision to go for it on fourth and one from his own 24. A terrible absolutely play call Absolutely. Ludicrous decision yes. for Brandon Taylor, and he's
0: gonna get away with it. Yeah, he's that, gonna that,
1: get that away with He did get away with
0: I thought it was yeah. Dan Campbell over yeah. there. It's like because a year ago, yes. Detroit that did Lions that. Game, yes. And that Cost bit em. them in the butt, and yeah. the Vikings came back to win. Good memory, and they yeah. had it right there again. Yeah. And this year, it doesn't go their way. No. Last year touchdown yeah. and they walk away with a win and everybody's like oh this is a great team that's
1: right 11 and 0 in one score games last year, including the giants playoff loss the vikings are now 0 and 4 in one score game since starting 11 and 0 last year and i want to go back to what pierre said because a lot of people may not want to point the finger at kirk cousins because you look at his numbers and it's like oh man he's doing great you know 32 of 53 67 three touchdowns but can we talk about him being flustered in one of those final two drives and missing a wide-open K.J. Osborne that would have put the icing on the cake, everybody goes home happy. The one that floated over and got a hand on it. it. If you're Kirk Cousins, you're a guy who has to face all that criticism all year long about not being a good quarterback, not being elite, not having that it factor. In moments like that, you got to thrive, man. you got to make that throw. He owned up to it after the game, which he always will. He's a humble quarterback. He's never going to throw his team or coaches under the bus like a guy in Chicago that we know of. Uh, But this guy (laughs) – Um, You know, he was a man of his word. He said, I got to make that throw. Got to put it on KJ. That's one that I love to have back. But I think that's something that we hear from cousins in this team all too often, even dating back to last year. I would love to have that back. Oh, we could just do this. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. You guys are 0-3 now because of that. And it's really hard to dig yourselves out of this hole. Kevin O'Connell said something. He's been on a team that started 0-3 and they went on to win a world championship. I don't know how he's getting those guys in that locker room to believe that they can go on to <laughs> go win a world championship after these first 3 weeks, but TJ Hawkinson said it and he said they just need to get back to the drawing board. So, optimism is high, you know, in the Vikings organization, but not here. We're a little blunt. I think on Vikings now. All
0: right, so you got Carolina next week. Uh obviously Adam Thielen revenge game. There you go. <laughs> yeah. There you go. I mean, they can get one there hopefully. So, there's a Bit of a pulse? No, it's- there's
1: not, because then you got Kansas City and then San Francisco two weeks after that. The Vikings are going to be like 2-5 and five or 1-6 by week 8. I hate to break it to you guys. This is not a good year. <laughs> this is not a good football team.
2: Well, just strictly looking ahead to Carolina, um, it, obviously it is a game on paper that you feel that the Vikings should win. We've already been here before back in week 1 against Tampa Bay. That was a game we all looked at, and we chalked up automatically as a Vikings win.
0: So they called a must win, and you guys – Said,
2: oh, that'll be fine. They, they can make it up elsewhere I, I, on the schedule. I, I never once said any of that at all. No, oh. a liar. I didn't uh, recue it.
0: they still I, posted on our website. Back it up. You can hear. I call it a must win, yeah, and, and you're like, no, nah, no, no. Week no. one
2: is not a must win week. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not well, a must win week. And where are we no sitting right a, now? There's no such thing as 0-1-3. a must win game unless you're trying to get in the playoffs or you're in the playoffs. That's uh-huh. a must win game. There's no such thing. Anyway, as we go on to Carolina. It's it's a game where you feel pretty good about. You don't know if Young is going to be back at quarterback. Uh, he missed the game this week. Andy Dalton perhaps could be starting that game at quarterback next week for Carolina. Um, so yeah, I I, th- I think that's a game I, I would would if I'm picking the who's going to win that game. I think I would pick the Vikings to win that game. They better, but yeah, yeah, they better because if they don't, they're zero and four now, you're, now.
1: Tank for Caleb yeah, Williams yeah, is now on. Now you're just then. talking.
2: Now you're just talking fire <laughs> sale, and then you get into the conversation of whether or not you should trade Kirk Cousins oh, if anybody Lord. wants it. don't
1: so, open a Pandora's box here. Uh, yeah, so, we got
0: plenty of weeks to talk about that. Yeah,
1: we
2: do. Um, Halloween
0: but, is the uh, deadline.
2: Yeah, you can't take anything. I mean, you're you're not good enough to to look ahead on the schedule and say say to yourself, Oh, we're gonna beat that team. Oh, we're good enough to beat this team. You're not good enough. You're not good enough.
1: Um, So you can't take any game for granted at this point.
0: All right, so what is priority one?
1: Stop (laughs) turning the football over. Stop (laughs) turning the football over. Kevin O'Connell said they bought everything known to mankind last week to help them out. Well, they need to order everything off Amazon Prime, maybe an extra offensive lineman, because whatever they ordered last week certainly didn't help, especially with TJ Hawkinson fumbling early in the game.
0: Yeah, well, all right, so that's what they tried to fix this week. But what do you go after? What's more distressing to you? The offensive line play, so you can put in Reisner, that may help somewhat. Mm -hmm. Do you look at this defense? Um, Where do you focus the defensive uh, deficiencies? The run defense Mm -hmm. or the cornerbacks and the passing game? Because both now they've been exposed two different ways in two separate weeks. So, you're O'Connell, you're sitting with your staff. Okay, boys, if we can at least fix one thing here, what is it?
2: Thank you, Jay. I think you have to look at the past situation. I mean, these young corners have to grow up in a hurry. Um, Brian Flores is going to have to try to figure out a way to put these guys in a position. Caleb Evans had an interception today. It went right through his hands, it bounced off his hands, it goes yes. to the hands of Josh Palmer, which turned out to be the game winning touchdown. Um, guys are in. You know, I actually I shouldn't even say guys are in position to make plays. Sometimes they take themselves out of positions, you know, to make plays with the young corners and not taking the right angle, not making the right reads. But again, this this all comes back to for me, quasi and his decision of who to bring in on defense. What's Marcus Davenport doing these days?
1: Oh, he's just you know collecting checks and not doing much.
2: <laughs> What's he doing these days?
1: Trying to rest up his ankle.
2: So it, it's like.
0: That got hurt on a Friday. What? what <laughs> in a walkthrough.
2: I, I mean, the, in the secondary is where I still have my concern, especially on the outside. Your safety. I feel. I feel good about your safeties. I like your safeties, but on the corners, um, <laughs> boy, it, it's it's getting harder and harder to, to justify some of these guys being out there. It really is. I mean, Keenan Allen caught eighteen passes today. Mike Williams was on his way to probably another big day as well before he got hurt and left the game today. So, um, in the secondary, that's that's where my that's. On a corner I should say specifically, corners where my concern
1: like I'm gonna defend the cornerbacks just a little bit because I used to play that position and as we used to always say it's really hard to cover somebody for three to four seconds, especially in the national football league, without <laughs> being able to test. Yes. Them. Correct, correct. Oh, and, that's my, and that's
2: and that's and that's i I I you fully jumped. On I ice. fully agree with you on that and that's the that's the other issue in this league. You can't play defense in this league yeah. I mean, because I mean it,
1: you can't touch them. No. You, got, you got to run no. just as fast as these guys. Yeah. You know, for five yards, you get right. to put your hand on them. But after that – And you, you have to have, guess where they're going. Is that, and you have to mirror them. And you, yes. you don't know where the play is going, but they do. And then the thing that we used to always say as a former defensive back – I can't guard forever, man. Y'all got to get home <laughs> eventually. Like, somebody got to go get a sack and put some pressure on the quarterback. So, I think the defensive line is where they need to start. Getting Davenport back, I mean, that is a must. If you need to put him on the IR so he's good to go. I don't want any more, oh, he's on his way back. It's short term. Then, oh, setback. Now he's done for another three weeks. Put him on the IR. Give him three to four weeks. Rest that ankle up so he's good to go full speed. And then you got to bring in somebody else in the middle. Because Harrison uh, Phillips, Kyrus Tonga, Ja'Kalen Jek- Roy, like, these guys are not it in well, the middle right uh, this
0: now. This is why you let Davenport Alvin Tomlinson walk away they Couldn't afford him. Zadarius Smith. Well,
1: priority is sure. Josh Oliver. For sure.
0: You know, I mean, those are the decisions you made. You know, you paid Hawkinson. You know, mm-hmm. he's now one of the highest everybody paid. paid on offense.
1: Everybody on offense is getting paid. Bradbury, Jefferson's money is coming. Cousins money may come. Madison got his back. Josh Oliver got his back. You look at all the spending. You're like, uh, defense wins championships. Kwesi. Right. And they use their number one pick on an offensive player. Jordan Addison. Needless to say, Vikings fans, they're going to go all defense in 2024. The writing's <laughs> on the wall right now. They're going to go all defensive draft picks. So, I think we're not focusing on the draft right now. As every player in that locker room said, there's a lot of ball left to be played this season, but they don't start getting wins unless they stop turning the ball over. And through three weeks, they haven't been able to do that, and who knows if they will be able to.
0: They're number one in one category. Turnovers. <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> Any final thoughts, uh, Mr. Newsom?
0: you'd like to fire out there that we've not uh, teed you up on yet?
2: No, I, I just think, like Ahmad brought it up, after Carolina, you look at the schedule and you see Kansas City and San Francisco looming, and it is really, really hard to find a reason why this team will not be, at best, 1-5 through the first six weeks. That's that's what's really disconcerting here with this football team at one in five it's not impossible it's not impossible however i just don't see how you come back from that i don't see it
0: well, we have we've been reading the three start stats all week yep. 99 teams only one has made it i can't imagine the odds are much better if you're one in five after six weeks, there
2: was one year. There was one year where Marty Schottenheimer, I believe he was coaching Washington, if I'm not mistaken, started 0 and five, and then won five straight games to get back into the mix. So, uh, and that was in a 16 uh, game season. So, it, it's it's not impossible, but given the state of what we've seen, especially like Jim said, defensively, you yep. have to you have to correct things in a hurry. And I I just don't think there is enough time and teachable moments within a season to get yourself that right that quickly Mm -hmm. that's the problem
0: yeah no I I agree and you know you could go back to the off season where like you said they didn't address the defensive line they didn't come up with upgrades there they let Patrick Peterson walk away he claimed he wanted to stay here and Mm -hmm. who knows if he would have helped but he certainly can help he was teach not, young guys. He was
1: not going to help this team. No, he, he, no, he doesn't have smoked this. in the playoff game yep. on crossing routes. His speed is gone. It, yep. He is just a veteran who, like you said, would better serve these players as a coach yep. and not yep. a high-priced player. Sorry, Pat P, love you, Hall of Fame player, <laughs> but you were <laughs> yes, not it last year for the Minnesota Vikings, and you are not their future. That's why you're not here. Uh, Minnesota Vikings fans, buckle up your seatbelts. We're in for a long ride this year, a bumpy one.
0: All right, that'll do it. Stay with Fox Nine. Uh, ahmad where could people find all this if they've stumbled across this on youtube or if they're listening to this as a podcast youtube we're available yep. in multiple locations
1: youtube fox9.com uh fox9 youtube page and also on spotify and apple where you get all your podcasts
0: or just follow pierre on x right <laughs>
2: please do so yes at the Nuge fox9 you can find me there anywhere Tweet me anytime, or not tweet me. What does it say? X me. X me. That sounds weird. <laughs> uh, that sounds very weird. So. Don't say that again, Pierre. Yeah, yeah. Don't.
1: Nobody X all Pierre. Right.
2: Whatever. I, I look forward. I look forward to everybody's critiques and criticisms all the time.
1: Like, follow, subscribe. We'll be back for next week. That's for sure.